the podcast. My name is Thomas J. Sotvet. And I'm your co-host, Vicky Sotvet. Which makes this Scaredy Cats, the paranormal investigation show. We don't investigate paranormal things. No, we don't. But we cover movies about people that investigate paranormal things. I don't think we've actually covered any movies like that yet. We're doing it now. Oh, okay. First time. Is that because we're watching Grave Encounters? It's because we're watching Grave Encounters. Yeah. So, <laughs> so Vicky, have you ever gone ghost hunting before? No. Never? No. Never in your life? No. I used to do this thing (laughs) with my friends when I was a young kid where we would pretend like we were ghost hunting and we came up with all sorts of crazy stories about how our elementary school was built on top of an old graveyard and there were ghosts going around. We had to find them. But uh, official stuff, never in my life either. My only experience with ghost hunting is... I used to watch Ghost Hunters with a friend of mine at sleepovers, so we could make fun of how ridiculous it was. Ghost Hunters is awesome. And I also like BuzzFeed Unsolved. BuzzFeed Unsolved is good. Uh, so yeah, we're watching Grave Encounters today. Um, for those of you who blanked, I guess, and are just coming to consciousness now. So Vicky, before we get into stuff about the uh, movie, do you want to let me know what you know about it? I know it's some ghosts. I think it's some ghosts at an asylum. With some encounters at a grave? Yep. I'm pretty sure the ghost mouths do a thing that's supposed to be real spooky. Like they get real yeah, big or something. People like, like, uh, you know the, do you know those stupid videos that were circulating a while back where you'd it'd be like, try and find the cat in this picture, and then it would just quickly switch to a creepy image and scream at you, and the objective was to scare whoever it is that was... No, I just didn't watch videos when that was going around, because those gave uh, me legitimate panic attacks, yeah, so okay. I just didn't click anything. The, the uh, jump scares in this movie and the sequel, Grave Encounters 2, are very, very popular to use for, here's a creepy gif. Gotcha. So, yes. Uh, That's it. That's that, all I got. All right. Well, uh, Grave Encounters was directed by the Vicious Brothers, uh, Colin Minhan and Stuart Ortz. They just called themselves the Vicious Brothers? Yeah, I don't know. I didn't really uh, look too much into it. Okay. But uh, <laughs> you think I would have with a name like that, huh? Yeah, that's why yeah. I was asking, but Weird. I guess not. Yeah, no, I just sort of shrugged and went, okay. Okay. <laughs> They're only really known for the Grave Encounters series, uh, the first and the second one they both have directed. Uh, screenplay is also written by them. Uh, it stars Sean Rogerson as Lance Preston, the leader of this ghost hunting troupe for this television show. Is he a trust fund baby? Why? Because that's a trust fund baby sounding name. Lance Preston? No, I don't. I don't. I mean, he might be a trust fund baby, and I don't think it's relevant to the to the to the movie. At I don't all. know. If I was watching a movie and it was set at Harvard, I would expect the like captain of the rowing team to introduce himself as Lance Preston. Lance Preston, handsomest man on the rowing team. That's it's what I would expect, My dad yes. to your dad into the ground. Yeah. Yeah, I see what you're saying, but uh, apologies to all Lance Prestons out there who aren't trust fund babies. The one listening to this podcast. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the one guy just, hey. Uh, it stars also Ashley Griesko as Sasha Parker and Merwin Mondeser as T.C. Gibson. Uh, this is a Canadian movie, too, I should point out. It's filmed Yay. in Canada, made by Canadians for Canadians, reviewed by Canadians. Left to die in obscurity amongst it's Canadians? The, That's the, usually how it goes. It's the trifecta of, yeah, yeah, that generally happens, you're right. Um, Almost every Canadian movie I've ever seen, I've been like, wow, that was great, and then I never hear about it again. Yeah, 
which is a shame because we've got a really big film industry in BC especially, which is where this movie's filmed. And in Alberta too. And in Alberta. Like every little, cowboy yeah. thing ever is filmed in Alberta. Yeah, like yeah, every like Heartland and shit. Hell on the Wheels. Revenant. The Revenant. Yeah, it was filmed here. We're just we're we're useful for locations. If you need a cowboy, a horse, or a mountain situation, Alberta has got you. Or some forests. That's yeah. kind of like count that as part of the Because like Rambo like First Blood was filmed in Hope, BC too. Yeah. Anyway, uh, it had a budget of one hundred and twenty thousand dollars and has made five point four million since then. Good job, Graven Cancer. So a uh, good little investment there. I I don't know if that's a hundred percent true those numbers because. It's a small indie film, so who the heck knows? From Canada? I'm sure, yeah. Every every uh, Tim run they did, I'm sure they weren't also <laughs> adding to the budget. Um, I don't have too many factoids about Grave Encounters. I've got two, though. So it was filmed at the Riverview Asylum in Coquitlam, B.C. Nice. Uh, which is funny, because I've actually driven past it before. I didn't know that it was <laughs> an asylum or uh, abandoned or otherwise, but it is. Uh, and it was also filmed in ten nights and two days. Wow. Which That's is... efficient. Is that better than Halloween? When, what, what was Halloween? Halloween, Halloween was, was a month. Halloween was a month, which is impressive. But yeah, ten nights That's two days. actually less time than it took them to film Tammy and the T-Rex. Holy shit. That was two weeks. Grim Encounters. Good job. Well, this isn't make, right? This is just filming. So like yeah, but it was filmed time. over two weeks. Sure. Because that was when they had the T-Rex. I get the sense that found footage is a wee bit easier to do. Because you can kind of forgive amateurish sort of scenes a little yeah. bit more. Although Tammy and the T-Rex has no excuse. Tammy and the T-Rex could have made it a day. <laughs> Tammy and the T-Rex is a lot of pot and a text shelter. So. Yeah. So anyways, uh, that's all I've got for Grave Encounters before we hop into watching it. Uh, so Vicky, do you have anything else? Uh, no, it's our first ghost movie. So... Our Woo. first official all about ghosts and not actually about ventriloquist dummies movie. I still maintain Dead Silence is a ghost film, but... Not really. Uh, it's mostly a ventriloquist dummy movie. I don't know. I, I still say it is. I don't know. I feel like this is going to be the first, like, really steeped in supernatural sure. horror film we're watching. Sure. Your first, so. your first soiree into the abandoned asylum trope. Yeah, so I'm, uh, I'm curious how well I'm going to handle... Ghosts and abandoned asylums. All right. Well, we'll see, I guess, when okay. we come back in part two. So we're going to go watch Grave Encounters now, and we'll be right back to spoil it for you. And we're back with Grave Encounters in part two of I've just, our episode. I've just realized as we start recording that Tom is actually wearing a shirt with a ghost on it. So yeah, I am. He's uh, he's really prepared for today's episode. He's uh, not quite as spooky as the other ghosts in this movie. Uh, no, it's a ghost giving a thumbs down and saying boo, so he's actually pretty funny. It would be a very, very different movie if that was the main ghost. I'd, you know, I would be okay with that, be like though. a kid's movie. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be fun. I'd be okay with This that. is not a kid's movie, though. No. Uh, so, yeah, we just got finished watching Grave Encounters. Uh, now is the part of the podcast, in our part twos, where we are going to spoil it. So, if you have a want to go and watch it, go out and do so. It's pretty good. You can know. find the entire thing for free on YouTube. <laughs> That's where we found no it. With no ads. <laughs> That's where we found it. Yeah, you can't rent it on anything, but you can watch it for free on YouTube. So there you go. Go watch it for free on YouTube. You have no excuse not to. Or don't. Just listen to us. No excuse. Okay. So, Vicky, you want to take us away here? 
Yeah, so it um, starts with, like, an interview with, like, a dude in a room with some computers. Jerry Hartfield, man. Right, I'm trying to explain the vibe, though. Okay, I know, yeah. Right, and it's, you kind of get the impression that it's an interview that's, like, it's like he's trying to explain to an investigator or something. Yeah, he's being interviewed by somebody, being like, what the hell? And he's like, well, you have to understand. He explains that, uh... The tape arrived in the mail. The tape arrived in the mail one year after the team went missing mysteriously, and uh, it was a pilot for a show that they were thinking about putting on their network called Grave Encounters that was a sci-fi or like a paranormal investigative kind of show. Before all those other ones. This yeah. Was, this was going to be the first one. This was before its time, yeah. And the thing that's actually pretty impressive is I noticed all throughout the movie they do time scale back the technology a little bit, and so they're like using cell phones that were... Not, Older. They, they were in like the 90s and stuff like that. Yeah. The old school ones that are like the black. Yeah. With the little yeah. So I did actually appreciate that little attention to detail, which was nice. Um, but anyways, yeah. He introduces basically us to being like, hey, this is what you're about to watch is the pilot episode for this new TV series and the last thing they ever produced. And nobody knows how they got it in the mail. But Right. And so we, we cut to the actual show, which is a very amateurish like... When I was young, my parents moved into a haunted house, yeah. and I've spent my life yeah. looking for more proof. Yeah, we meet our we meet our main guy, Lance Preston, who is the, I guess, the creator of the show, yeah, the and, producer of it, and the main guy, and, main personality. And his buddies, uh, Matt and Sasha. Yeah, Sasha is an occult specialist, and Matt is like their, their te tech, the guy. tech guy. And they're joined by TC, the cameraman, as well. Yes, and... And, and Houston, the uh, medium, is also brought in on this particular yes. so, episode, yeah. So Preston is giving us the, like, background of the psychiatric hospital. Yeah, yeah Col I, Collingwood Psychiatric Hospital. And I thought it was funny that the Canadian film made by Canadians in Canada had is, to be set in it's Maryland. It's set in the United States, I know. I was like, come on, guys. Like, just say it's in, like... BC. Abernathy or something. Yeah, random. wherever. It's, from, it's in Wawa. We have lots of good, small, creepy towns. There's a ton of asylums up here, actually. Yeah, uh, fun fact. My mom used to work at the largest psychiatric hospital in the country. Yeah, that's it's in uh, Panoka, uh, Alberta. It's still active today, but it's now a brain damage. Yeah, now, now it only treats brain, like, damage. brain damage. Yeah. In the old days, it used to... Also be where they housed, like, the criminally the insane criminally murders insane, yeah. and... Anyways, so, yeah, Collingwood Psychiatric Hospital, uh, which was closed in 1963, he is told, or we're told by uh, Lance, I guess. I thought it was 1983. Mm. No, I got 1963 is when it closed. Okay. Anyway, um, and he also, yeah, we, the start of this movie is sort of their setup for the episode where they're interviewing people that work at the hospital, like the night janitor and stuff like that, and interviewing the... Uh, local historians and a couple teenagers that are like, oh yeah, when I was in this hallway, I saw a spooky ghost right over there. Yeah, and um, this is all interspliced with uh, archival footage, um, in quotation marks, obviously, because it's not real no. archival footage, but they actually do a pretty good job approximating archival footage mm -hmm. and photos. It's a little over, like, see, where yeah. it's, like, on the screen, you have the, like, yeah, yeah. kind of lines. But other than that, it's actually fairly yeah. good. The entire mood of the show is sort of... It, it feels like they be, they believe in what they're doing, actually, but they also are aware that it's for TV, and they have to make it interesting for TV. 
It's like a much lower budget BuzzFeed Unsolved to uh, start with. Yeah, or any ghost. Because like the movie says, this was like the first of its kind, right? Before all those shows got popular. Well, so. Right. I specifically reference BuzzFeed Unsolved because it... I found laid out its beginning kind of sure. more like that, where it's like, here's all the history, sure. here's the interviews, blah, blah, uh, blah. But we learned that there was a pretty infamous doctor that back in the heyday of this place named Dr. Friedkin, who uh, was into brain surgery and kind of cruel, and he lobotomized like hundred and something people in his tenure there. Uh, but we don't actually hear about him really until the very like he doesn't matter well, until the very end well, kind of he, he does matter in the sense that we learned that six patients broke out of their rooms yes, to stab him to, to death. stab him to death that's how he died as the patients broke out of the rooms and stabbed him to death uh but anyways so as the crew kind of gets set up we see uh, matt our tech guy going Bef to all the different locations and setting up all the cameras that are going to be around the asylum before they get set up though okay yeah we meet my favorite character and he has two sentences and his name is Javier, and he's oh, the yeah, groundskeeper. Yeah. And they Javier. ask him if he's had a paranormal experience, and he's like, one time I saw a ghost over there. It was scary. And he says it all with a perfectly straight face, and he's never addressed again, but he might be my favorite character yeah. in the movie for the sheer deadpan of, like, he's clearly been coached to say he had some sort of paranormal yeah. experience. Yeah. He's just the groundskeeper. <laughs> But yes, Matt is setting up all the things. Yeah, so he's going around and it's like set up on in a room where one of the doors or windows opens. Uh, yeah, they've, every they've night. gotten the groundskeeper to take them around and tell them like, like where's the hot spots. Right, so like a girl slid her wrist in this tub and this window opens and these tunnels are so they set up yeah. cameras at all yeah. those locations. It's sort of like set up like a tuberculosis clinic in the sense that they have all these tunnels that connect up all the buildings that are around the asylums, which is very very common for buildings back in the day. And so yeah, that's where they have one of the cameras. Yeah. Set up as well. Uh, but then we learn that the gimmick of Grave Encounters specifically is that they are locked for eight hours in the places that they're investigating. They literally put a big chain on the door. Um, and so they're going to be locked in here overnight. But the groundskeeper, Kenny, is going to come back at 6 or 7. 6 a.m. 6 a.m. to come get them. He locks them in and then they're like, so Matt, what do you got for us? And Matt is explaining how... Everything is recorded and sent immediately to this back. And he randomly has a Geiger and, counter. Yeah. And I'm like, what is that supposed to do? Are ghosts radioactive? I don't know. They've got like the voice recorders and all that like stuff. The classic stuff, yeah. And yeah. then they have a Geiger counter. And he's like, isn't this cool? He's and like, it's like, badass. I'm like, yeah, for finding radiation, but nothing Right? Else. Like when you go to Chernobyl and they give you your own Geiger counter and they're like, if it starts beeping really fast, just don't go that way anymore. And yeah. you're like, okay, cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and, and so we kind of get the start of like. Your average overdramatic ghost hunting show. Yeah, they're all gathered in the lobby, which is going to serve as their base of operations, I guess, for the entire night. And uh, they've got, yeah, they've got this uh, medium that's going to be joining them on this one named Houston. Uh, and I get the sense that he's definitely a hoax and everybody kind of knows he's a hoax. But it's gonna add but some like drama. It's gonna add some drama yeah, to the he has whole a thing. Yeah, persona for the camera. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, which they all kind of do because they they change even before the really scary stuff happens. As soon as the slightly scary stuff happens. Well, they become regular people again, right? Yeah. They go right from being like we're paranormal investigators to being what the fuck is this shit? Yes. Oh my god! But uh, yeah, so we we get there like. And they're all gathered in the lobby, and they're like, this is Grave Encounters, and we're going to start investigating now. And so they start investigating. And I like how the ghosts don't appear right off while they're no. investigating. They do a lot of, like, is there anyone here? It's, yeah. Hello. It's a very slow burn. Yeah, which I kind of, 
like because it makes it feel actually like one of the stupid ghost mm-hmm. hunting shows. Yeah, for a while you're like, oh yeah, this is just a dumb ghost hunting show where they find nothing. Because that's a lot of shows like that, right? Is they go to spooky locations, but realistically they don't find anything. No, but then you always have like the one guy who's going to convince you that that one light flickering at one forty-seven in the morning was clear evidence. Yeah, so, or like, or there's like a slight, vo- slight weird sound on some recording, and they're like indisputable evidence. Right, of and ghosts. and you're like, okay, buddy. So um, yeah, it starts out exactly like that. It's like that for like twenty minutes, really. I'm just kind of wandering around. You feel like you're watching an actual show. Yeah. Almost, minus the fancy editing, because again, all of this footage that we're seeing is just the raw footage unedited, so there's no soundtracks, there's no like fancy edits, there's no title cards or anything like that, it's literally just people and cameras. Yeah, and so our first spook is TC is walking around, TC cameraman. and TC's like a wheelchair, and then his phone starts ringing, so he puts his his camera down. I was about to say he puts his wheelchair down, but... No, he sees a wheelchair in the middle of a hallway. Yeah, well, and he's like, what the fuck is that shit? Yeah. And I'm like, it's a, it's a wheelchair, TC. People and, that can't walk need them. And then his <laughs> phone rings, so he puts down the camera and he answers his phone. He's walking around, and he's... You can just see his shins, which are facing towards the camera. On the phone is his daughter, who won't stop crying yeah, because she thinks she's... there's monsters in there. So he's telling her that monsters aren't real, blah, blah, blah. And while he's talking, you can just see the wheelchair... Move a little bit. just a little forward. Yeah. Um... Which he doesn't notice because he's not facing that. And nope. then he picks up his camera and keeps going. And he ends up in a bathroom. And, and he the starts... door slams. Yeah, he ends up in his bathroom and he's filming it. And then he turns to the door and the door slams in his face. And he's like, what the hell? And he goes out into the hallway and he's like, you guys better not be messing with me. But there's nobody out there. So he calls everybody to his location and they are look- checking out the door, seeing if it can swing shut on its own. And the spooks do not continue here right away. No. Like... It's very like maybe the door was just a draft, like yeah. But they're 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 reaching out to the spirit because they're like because he got this uh, door slamming on tape, and so they're like, holy shit, this is actually like, this is some stuff that you have actually got here. Um, but then they hear a noise as they're trying to contact the spirits in that room in the hall. They go out to investigate and they find a gurney that's been tipped over, so it's lying on its side and its wheels are spinning. Well, that's in a room down the hall. Yeah, like, it takes them a minute yeah, to yeah. find the Yeah, yeah, they head down a hallway into a room and that they find a gurney spinned over and its wheels are spinning pretty fast. Yeah, um, as soon as stuff like that starts happening, the group under pressure starts to kind of... Disintegrate. They're they start to freak a out a little bit. Yelling at each other and yeah, they they, and... they get more and more aggressive with each other and more short with each other and frustrated. Is clearly they're starting to get pretty scared by what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we see them kind of um, once again contacting to try and reach out. Um, and Sasha, her hair gets touched and lifted up in the air. Yes, and, and she freaks out and runs away to the uh, stairs because she says that something touched her and was breathing on her. Yeah, and um, while they've been investigating, uh, Lance has occasionally been, like, taking photos with the idea that, like... Spirit it photography. Might, yeah, it might pick up some yeah. distortion or anything. And the first round of photos, um, he talks about how you have to develop them so you can't see anything, but yeah. obviously we, the audience, get to see yeah, them. Yeah, it's pretty neat, actually, that they do that, because the P- the paranormal investigators, like the great Lance and the rest of them, will never get to see what the photos actually are because obviously they meet they get their comeuppance in the end spoilers right. spoilers but uh and um but we because we're the ones watching the footage afterwards get to see the accompanying photographs that they took right and so in the first round there's nothing but in the second round which happens just after Sasha runs away yeah. you can kind of see some it's not 
it's like a an apparition. It's an apparition like, of some kind. It's not like a, even it's really. like a misty it's like a shape of a person. Yeah, it's like it's, a misty shape. It's like a distortion shape. on the film. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and so you're like, oh, okay. Um, and then heading back, and then they get lost. Yeah, they get really lost, and they're like trying to get back to the lobby, and they're they, they were headed in the right direction, but they must have got turned around. They're thinking, and uh, after wandering around for quite a while, um, they end up. They do eventually find the lobby. Yeah, and they're, and, they're, yeah, and they're trying to get a hold of Matt, who's still at the lobby uh, on their walkie-talkies, to try and help guide them back. Uh, but eventually they do find their way there. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, well, this has been creepy, but, you but know. But we got a lot of good good stuff. Yeah, so and, and Kenny's supposed to be here in an hour, so let's, like, start packing. Matt, go off by yourself in a move <laughs> that will have no terrible consequences and collect all of our static camera gear. I was just thinking when we were watching, I'm like, man, I'd hate to be Matt. Matt's got definitely the scariest job of everybody because yeah he has to go back around to all the places and take down all the cameras and we see him take down a few cameras um but then specifically he's in the room that the that the window opens on occasion and he hears something in the hallway and uh goes to investigate and, and he it, wanders off camera. And he wanders off camera, and we don't see him for a very long time. No, and in fact, for so long that the group is like, hey, we should maybe go check out where Matt has Yeah, and to. so they, they can't find him, so they're like, we ought to go find Matt. So they, they go back out into the asylum, and they're looking for him. And uh, they find his equipment. Strewn everywhere. They do not find Matt. They find no Matt. They're Mattless. Yes, and so Lance is like, okay, Sash and I will go down this hallway, TC, you go down that hallway... And uh, TC goes down that hallway and gets pushed down some stairs. Yeah, he gets uh, he falls down some stairs, um, and says that he was pushed. And so they take him back to the lobby, uh, and he's heals right away. Still no Matt. <laughs> Still no Matt. And it's unclear if he was ever actually seriously hurt. Well, or he's he like, just like he's like hobbling a little bit. Right, but it's unclear if it was like ever supposed to be like broken or anything, or if it was just like falling down a flight of concrete just, stairs. Oh, that hurt. hurts. And yeah. you just need kind of a minute, you Maybe, know? maybe. He was limping, and then it cuts to them in the lobby, and he's stomping around angry, so I'm like, oh. It's also been like an hour between them. That's so true. It's, it's more, I think, they have to help him up. That's true, because they then... do, yeah, because they do get back to the lobby, and it is 7.30 now, which means dear Kenny is very late. Yeah, and so they wait till about 8 o'clock, and um, finally TC is like, I've had it, I'm cutting through this door, and he gets uh, Gurney, mm-hmm. and... Lance is like, but we'll be liable for property damage. <laughs> and TC's like, I really don't care, Lance. TC's like, I don't give a shit. But so they, they finally break down the door, and it's a hallway. Yeah, so they bust open the front door, and there's no way out. But they look back, and they see that the door says, what is it? What does it say on the door? Death, death, death awaits. awaits. But yeah. that's what's been spray-painted on the front door when they went yeah. in. So they're like, no, this is the same this front door. This is the door. same front door. It just now leads to a hallway instead of outside. Yeah. Uh, and Lance also, I think, around this point, points out... That a little he, later, but... Yeah, he well, eventually, a little bit later, he points out that um, he looked at the when the sun was supposed to rise... And the sun was supposed to rise like an hour ago, but it's still pitch black outside. Yeah, and there's no electricity in the... Uh, in the asylum. In the asylum, so there's no lights. It's no. all just their flashlights in there. Just their flashlights and the light in the lobby. They've yeah. They've got a big, like, floodlight set up. And then, um, so they keep exploring, and there's more hallways yeah. and more hallways and, and permanent. And they have an idea that uh, TC recalls seeing a fire escape on the roof. No, that's not yet. Not yet? Nope. That's not yet. What happens next is they find an exit sign, right. which they break down at least to another hallway. And then they're like, okay, we're going to go back to the lobby. We're going to figure out what's going on. 
And uh, and now by this point, I think it's two in the afternoon. Well, Lance holds up his phone and shows that it's one fourteen. And he's like, "Check it out! It's one fourteen. Still dark out. That's uh, fucked up." Definitely not in that tone of voice, though. That is definitely not how Lance <laughs> like addresses a, like, that. Like a YouTuber, like, "Hey guys, coming at you! It's two o'clock in the afternoon. Still dark outside. Kind of losing in my this mind. Asylum. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Remember um, to like and subscribe. <laughs> and so uh, they decide to have a nap. So they're all sleeping, and we get a shot from one of the static cams of them sleeping, and it's like a direct throwback to when their expert at the beginning was talking about how the patients sometimes slept on the floor without blankets. And so they're all sleeping on the floor without blankets, trying to get some sleep, because at this point they've been awake for like 24 hours. Um, And we see the floodlight in the footage. Seven hours later. Seven hours after they've gone to bed, slowly tip over and break. So now they're without that light. Yeah, and then... So they all wake up and kind of get their bearings, and then Lance is like, TC went to get a sandwich, and look what happened, and opens their cooler... And um, all their food is, like, old and rotten and full of maggots. Yeah. Um, and at this point, I was like, man, no one's been concerned about Matt in a long time, who by the reckoning of this film has been missing for approximately 14 hours Yeah, now. he's been gone a while And, like, they, they're not talking about well, him anymore. I, I think they're just, like, scared to go out. And hoping that uh, he comes back to them. Sure, but I found it funny because they well, didn't address him. Well, no, I do think Sasha quite uh, is like, no, hey, he might be hurt, you guys. We need she, to go after him, you no, guys. No, that's the first time. She, nobody mentions Matt again until oh, okay. after the roof access right, right. is shut down, which is what you were yeah, yeah. talking about earlier. Right, right, because, I don't know. Yeah. Rip Matt. No, not Rip Matt. Rip, Matt's fine. What? Uh, but anyway, so they, they decide... Lance is like, hey, there's tunnels underneath the asylum, so maybe we can use those to come up into one of the other buildings and get out. DC's no. like, that's a dumb idea, let's go to the roof instead. That happens. He doesn't talk about the tunnels till later. Yeah, he does. Yeah. He suggests them at first, and then TC's like, that's dumb, let's go to the roof instead, because there's a fire escape, and everybody's like, that plan sounds better. So they start trying to make their way to the roof, and they end up finally tracking down some stairs. But again, they're kind of remarking at this point that the building is like a maze, and it seems to be changing on them. Um, and they make their way to the stairs, and they're heading up the stairs, and there's a sign that says roof access, and TC's like, oh, hell yeah. But they turn around the corner, and the stairs end at just a wall. Yeah. And TC it's goes solid and, like, wall. pokes the wall, and then just starts to cry. Because, yeah, that would be a little upsetting. <laughs> yes. And at this point, um, they... Uh, start walking around because they hear some noises yeah. and, and I walk think into it, a I think room. It, and I think at this point it's like nine o'clock at night, the next day now. Yeah, and so yeah. they they walk into a room with like a metal bed frame, mm-hmm. which just suddenly loses its shit and like flies towards the ceiling and flies into a wall. And yeah. They all run out screaming. Oh, um, before that, uh, Sasha pulls out their compass that they're using for, oh, uh, right, yeah. and it's just spinning in circles. Yeah, and so they've been. And they hear Matt screaming, and that's what causes them to go looking for the bed. Yeah, and they're like, oh, Matt, we forgot about that they're guy. like, oh, shit, that guy. Let's go see how he's doing. Let's go, let's go catch up with Matt. But, uh, yeah, they, it, he's not in the room, but there is a spooky, floaty gurney. Well, it's a perfectly normal gurney until it starts flying around, and Wait. then they run away. And then they run away. They're like, nope. Yeah, so they find another room, and then... Uh, our next shot is on the camera, like a few hours later, because well, they've been sleeping. Yeah, they've gone in. They've they've sought shelter in another room and they've slept. Uh, and they wake up and we see that while they were sleeping, somebody has carved "hello" into Sasha's back. Yes. And she's bleeding from that. Yes, which doesn't look very fun. No, that doesn't sound fun fun at all. And then um, 
and then they they their walkie talkie starts going off, and it sounds like Matt on the other end, but they can't get through to him really. Right. So they go back into the hallway, and they see someone run past the end of the hallway, and they're like, "Must be Matt." Let's go say hi. Let's go say hi to that rapscallion. It's not a Matt. No, it's, it's not Matt. It's a straight up ghost. It's a lady. So she's it's like she looks like a patient. She's dressed in like a you know hospital gown, uh, facing away from them in a corner, and they go up, and they're like. Oh, uh, hello? And she turns around, and she's normal for a second, but then her face freaks out, and she gets a big mouth and big eyes and screams at them. Yeah, and then they all run away, yeah. and Houston gets separated. Yeah, and the confusion, Houston the medium, who this entire time has been, like, trying to come up with explanations for things, being like, oh, well, you know, electromagnetic interference in the building is probably messing with our phones, so it's probably... Not as late it is, and everybody's like, dude, we've been here for, like, 36 hours at this point. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. But uh, he gets separated, and uh, we see in some of the security cameras that Matt wasn't able to take down before he went missing, uh, we see Houston wandering alone down a hallway without a light, and we can only see him because of night vision, so he's in pitch black, kind of fumbling his way down a hallway, and he hears a noise behind him. Which is a door very slowly opening and closing again. Yeah, and he makes his way to the end of the hallway. And then we see him get lifted in the air and he's like being choked. And then he gets like, I don't know, ghost blasted to death. I don't know what happens to him. He's being choked and then he falls over and then he gets like yeeted down the hallway yeah. and then the camera cuts off. And you're yeah, like, rip there, Houston. There's like a bright flash on the camera and he gets thrown down the hallway and is lying there and it's ghost blast. It's it's obvious he's dead, but you're unclear what exactly has killed him. Yeah, there's a few deaths like that in this where I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so the... Uh, so, Rip Houston. The, the gang, then our next scene, has woken up from another nap to realize they all have hospital bracelets now. Yeah, with their names on them. And they're like, well, that's not... that's not cool. Right, and, and so Sasha's freaking out at TC because she thinks he, this is his joke, and TC is like, yo... Why would I do that? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, not the time. Did you not see me cry earlier about <laughs> not, a wall? Not the time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but as they're kind of arguing in the hallway, Sasha is standing with her back to a door that's uh, got a window in it. And suddenly, Just a little one. yeah, a little tiny window. And suddenly, a big, long, lanky arm shoots through the window door and grabs onto her. Uh, and she and manages to escape from that. There's and... more screaming and running. And there's more screaming and running. It's a lot of that. And then at the end of their screaming and running, they find a Matt. But it's not Matt. really Matt anymore. Matt. It's not really Matt anymore. No. So Matt is now dressed in a hospital gown. He's got a wristband as well. And he's totally uh, and insane. And he is completely insane. Talking about how... The he, doctors say he's making good progress. The doctors say... Yeah, and... he clearly thinks he's a patient here now. Yeah. And they're like, what happened? And he's just like... He's like... They say that we can leave when we get better. And they're like, okay, Matt, you crazy kid, come with us. And then a whole bunch of arms start coming down from the ceiling and the walls. Yeah, a bunch of black CGI arms reaching down towards them. And they're like, hey, just trying to give you a hand, man. It's like that library in Dark Souls 3. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Kind of like that. I don't like that library either. And then so they, they're and running away point, from the arms. And at this point, Sasha's all... Yeah, as they're running away from the arms. But I think before that, Sasha mentions that she's not feeling great. She doesn't... Like, she feels sick. Uh, I thought that was after this next scene. That uh, could be. Um, but anyways, they end up in the tub room where the lady... They were told slit wrist at the yeah, beginning. Except now the tub is filled with blood. And Matt is staring at it. And they're like, TC, go get him. They're like, TC, you by yourself go get Matt away from the blood tub. 
And cool. Then, Sounds good, man. And then a demon lady shows up from the blood tub and grabs TC and pulls him in. Pulls him into the blood tub. And like, then... Like, water's great. Get on in. That drops the camera. And we just hear some screaming and some splashing. And uh, Lance saying, you know, like, tip over the tub, tip over the tub. And they, they do tip over the tub. Which we only know because we get, like, blood splatter in it, front of the it camera. It just splashes in the, cam- in the way the camera, yeah. And then they pick the camera up and they reveal there's nothing in the tub anymore. So TC has Rip, vanished. Rip TC. Rip TC. Yeah. And at this point... Um, and Matt's Sa- laughing. He thinks it's funny. Yeah. At this point, Sasha says she doesn't feel so good. And you kind of attribute it to just watching her you're friend like, being yanked into yeah, a Yeah, you're like, blood. no shit you don't feel good. <laughs> and then uh, at this point, Lance revisits the idea of going to the tunnels. And they find an elevator. Yeah, and he's like, I'll go get like something to pry the elevator yeah, open. Yeah, so he's like, Matt and Sasha, you guys stay here. I'm going to go find a crowbar or something. So he goes and just takes off on his own, which... I, I was thinking, like, dumb idea, A, because this place has shown a propensity for kind of moving around on you, so who's to say you'll ever be able to find them again if you run away? And B, this place is hostile as hell. You going off on your own? Crazy kid? Yeah. Crazy guy? But you also kind of understand that, like, it's really hard to shepherd Matt around. Yeah, because he's kind of insane. him by yourself. And Sasha's clearly kind of also somewhat out of commission at this point. Uh, but anyway, so he goes off and he finds a gurney and uh, pulls a metal bar. The same gurney from earlier that had its wheels spinning. Yeah, and he pulls the metal bar from off of it. Although this time, he's not alone in the room. No, he looks up and... Well, no, no, no. Well, no, he looks down and there's a tongue. There's a tongue and a pool of blood in the corner of the room. And he's like, that's odd. Let me go film that for posterity. And then some more <laughs> blood drips on the tongue. And he looks up. And there's a tongueless demon man there's on the t- ceiling. There's a tongueless demon man on the ceiling that roars at him and starts chasing after him. He runs away. Uh, finds Sasha and Matt again, and immediately just starts trying to open up the elevator. Which he does, and he's like, look, there's a ladder. I'll go first, and you hand me Matt. And then Tongueless Demon Man shows up again, running down the hallway at them. Yeah, he, uh, they, they turn around, and Tongueless Demon Man's attacking, uh, Lance and Sasha, I guess. And all the while, while well, Tongue... Well, he's attacking Lance, and Sasha runs away from Matt to go help Lance. Right, she, she runs away from Matt to go to help Lance, and Matt picks up the camera, uh, or I guess Sasha's camera... Uh, camera. And is uh and we get to see just Matt's face as he's smiling nervously and laughing. And giggles. And he uh walks over to the elevator shaft and falls in. It just like tips over. He just tips over into it. Just jumps in jumps on in and well, uh he doesn't even jump, he just sort of tips into it, tips yeah. Over. And that's Rip Matt. For real this time. That's for Al- real. Although Rip I'm Matt. pretty sure it was Rip Matt for real the first time. I'm pretty sure he was no longer Matt. Yeah, it was the thing that once was Matt. Yeah, it's not Matt but, anymore. But now he's but now Matt's dead. Yep. And, um, so they, they get back and they realize Matt's fallen. Yeah, they, they, they mentioned that the ghost that was attacking Lance has vanished into thin air. Yeah, so they head down the ladder and find... Into, into the tunnels. And find Matt and confirm Matt is super dead. Yeah, Lance checks his pulse and is like, yep. Yep. And then Sasha starts throwing up blood in the tunnels. Yeah, she's, so again, she's like, I'm not feeling great. Blah. And it's like, oh, geez, that's a lot of blood you're throwing up. Yeah, and so... Uh, the next shot is Lance with Sasha sleeping against his shoulder, and he's talking about how they walked in a straight line all For day. a day, yeah. And, and there's been no, no change. Right, but uh, where they've stopped is where the tunnel static cam is. Yep. So uh, we see that the time isn't making sense anymore. It's just rapidly changing yeah, between numbers. Yeah, the timestamp. And, yeah, and okay. then the hallway. The only cameras that have the timestamps are the static ones that we've yeah. been allowed to see. and. That's how we've been sort of been able to track how long they've been in here. And yes. yeah, I think the I think it was like 36 hours. It got up to 42 it hours. It got up to 42 hours and plus a day down in the tunnel. So they've been in this place for like four days now. 
Yeah, and um, while the camera's going crazy, the hallway fills up with mist, and then there's no more Sasha. Yeah. And she, she slants. She just sort of infinity wars away. <laughs> well, we don't know, because it's in the mist and they're both asleep, right? So. Yeah, so who the heck knows? So, it, I don't know, a bit of a cheap bit of a cheap kill. Oh, it's kind of the same with TC. Like, you see him get pulled into the blood. Well, but at least that was something. Bit. At least That's that true. was like a, oh, God, where the heck did he go? Oh, jeez. And at least Matt fell into the, like, I don't know. Her and Houston are the only kills. I'm like, what? Yeah, and um, <laughs> Lance is That's Rip Sasha. screaming for Sasha. And then the next shot is Lance eating a rat. Well, yeah, I think, well, no. Next shot is his his flashlight stops working, starts running out of batteries, and so uh, he throws that away, which means now he's just by himself in the dark, and only we can see using the night vision of the camera, and only he can see using the night vision of the camera now. Well, he, no, because he has he, there's a flashlight on the camera, and he uses that to see the rat, so he can right. kill the rat. Right, and so, eat it. so yeah, and giggle he, while he eats his rat. So yeah, we at this point we don't know how long Lance has been down here by himself, uh, but yeah, we see he's clearly divulged to the point where he's eating rats, and also has gone kind of crazy probably as a result of being in a tunnel you could never leave and needing to eat rats he's gone in totally crazy but uh we see after again another indeterminate amount of time uh him show us a door that he has found down in the tunnels and this would be probably the first thing that he's seen in a couple of days now that isn't just the tunnel or more rats or more rats Right, and he opens the door, and it's a weird old operating theater. Yeah, that's which a... is always a great thing to find in yeah. your haunted insane asylum. I think I think that, like the movie's trying to tell us that this is Doctor Friedkin's personal operating theater where he was working out of. Well, because... they talk about the experimental surgeries and stuff. Exactly, and so uh, we see a bunch of pretty grotesque uh, photographs that were taken of the various experiments that went on in this uh, surgery theater, and we see. An occult kind of Satan circle with a skull in it. Yeah, and like an altar with like a book and a candle on it. And a book, the book is in some language that Lance doesn't recognize. Norse runes. Norse runes, right. Uh, and he hears a noise behind him and turns around. And in the operating theater are doctors and nurses standing over a person tied to the gurney. Mm-hmm. Um, and we look away from that as Lance kind of drops the camera. But when he picks it up again, there's... Well, there, we hear a lot of screaming. Yeah. And a lot of, I'm not crazy, I'm not crazy. Yeah. And then more screaming. Well, he picks up the camera again, and it's and one of the doctors has approached him. Oh, uh, it looks normal, and then the face kind of bugs out again. And then the camera gets dropped, and we hear, I'm not crazy, no, no, leave me alone. Yes, and then the last shot of the film is just Lance's face, and you can see blood dripping down his nose. He's clearly been, been lobotomized. lobotomized. yeah. Uh, an orbital lobotomy is what they yeah, call that. Yeah, through his tear duct. Yeah, and uh, he says... I'm cured now, so like I'm the, allowed to go like home. The, the doctors say I'm fine, so I can go home, yeah. Uh, this has been Lance Preston for Grave Encounters, and then the camera Siding shuts off, off and yeah. that's it. And that's the movie. Yeah, that's, uh, uh, that's the film. That's the, So that is the first Grave Encounters film. Um, they made a sequel. I don't know if we'll ever cover it, because I sort of mindlessly hate it. But All right. Probably not, then. Yeah. We have a lot of movies we can just, do before, then. It's just so much worse than the first one. It's just it's not great. That's fair. Uh, so anyways, yeah. So now that we have summarized the movie for you, now is the part of the podcast where we're going to break it down with ratings. So Vicky, scale of 1 to 10, how well made was Grave Encounters? Four and a half? Four and a half? I don't know. I don't really know how to rate this one because I've never seen a found footage film before because they're pretty much exclusively used for horror movies. I found the constant zooming and unzooming and swaying back and forth did kind of make it difficult to watch at That's times. That's very standard for found footage. Very, I, very standard. I would guess, but, like, I'm saying, you know, that. And, like, I liked 
the concept that they were using, but I felt that they used the concept to kind of avoid showing stuff a lot of Sometimes, the time. Yeah. It's it wasn't a poorly made film, but it also wasn't like I feel like they could have done found footage in a way that still let you see all of those moments, you know? Maybe, yeah. But the point is that it's an amateur ghost hunting show, right? So none of them are real real no, great I professionals and, and either. I understand that. And, and like I said, I haven't really seen any found footage movies, so I mm-hmm. can't okay. comment on how well made it is for a found footage movie. So a four is what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Uh, as far as found footage films go, it's actually pretty good. Uh, I do like that I'm like... Movies like the Blair, Blair Witch Project obviously is the first of its kind. It was revolutionary, blah blah. But at the end of the day, it doesn't show anything. It's all implied kind of stuff. Um, so the fact that they kind of do show you things, and I don't know. To me, a lot of the um, decisions that they seem to make seemed at least purposeful, and not just that they were amateurish, but they were being amateurish on purpose. That's fair. Um, so I'm gonna give it a six. Okay. Um, I think it's pretty good. Uh, so a scale of 1 to 10, how much did you enjoy it? A 5. Like a 5? Like I said, it, it was hard for me to watch the, like, constant Shake zooming cam. and zoom out. And did it, like, yeah. I, there were definitely times where I was more distracted by that than I was by what was happening. I liked that it was, like, a slow build, and then it got really spooky, although I did feel it was kind of a slog to get through the first part, because I understand it's amateur filmmakers, I understand that, but it was so amateur for so long that I was like, okay, get me at least to a point with atmosphere, you know, not Mm -hmm. just like infinite amateur hamming it up. Sure. So, I give it a five. That's fair. Uh, I give it a a seven. I I, I like Grave Encounters, I like the first Grave Encounters film. Uh, Mostly because the premise is creative, uh, because I remember when I was first watching, it was right around the time that I had, like Paranormal Activity and stuff was blowing up. So it was a lot of found footage films where the ghosts just throw you places or drag you off screen. So to actually have the monsters be tangible and like there to be makeup there and effects there is really neat. Um, and I also love the concept of a like the first time that they kicked open that door and it was just another hallway, I remember my little brain was blown. I was mm-hmm. like, oh no, that made this so much more threatening immediately. Like with that one scene alone, you're immediately like, oh, these people are fucked. Yeah, it's true. Uh, which is pretty impressive. It's true. So yeah, I'm going to give it a, a seven. I liked it. Uh, or I like it, I guess. Now on a scale of one to ten, how scary is it? Like a seven. Like a seven? The, it relies a lot on jump scares mm-hmm. for its, its really spooky mm-hmm. moments. Um, it does have a spooky atmosphere, but a, a lot of the spooky atmosphere, just because it's green night vision, is yeah. not really nah. spooky. Sure. Or at least it's not spooky in the same way that, like, the tension in, like, Hereditary was sure. spooky, you know? Like, it, it's not ramping up in that same sure. way. I did jump a lot at the ghosts. I was not upset when the kitten came to snuggle me. They're they spooky ghosts. They're yeah. spooky ghosts. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I give it a, I give it a f- five. It's kind of middle of the road. Um, if you're scared of ghosts, if you're if creepy asylum spooky out, then uh, this will probably be a pretty horrifying movie for you. Um, there's a lot of jump scares, which meh. Um, but the monster design is pretty scary. So, yeah, yeah. I give it a five. All right. So yeah, that has been Grave, Grave Encounters. Encounters. Ta-da! Whee!
Um, so join us next time when we cover... Joan's favorite movie, The Birds. The Birds. Yes. I don't actually know if Joan's ever seen The Birds. She just really likes watching birds out of our window. So. Jo- Joan is our cat. So people are probably just like, who the fuck? I feel like they would know because she meows nine episodes out of ten and we're always like, that's Joan. That's of course assuming they have watched us chronologically and are just finding movies that they're interested in. It's true. Our cat likes watching birds, so I made a joke and we're going to watch Alfred Hitchcock's ha, Birds ha, next We're going to watch the birds. Tom's never seen it. I'm very excited. Never seen it before, which is, I'm ashamed. But uh, we're about to rectify that. So, But until then... Uh, this has been Scaredy Cats. I'm Thomas J. Sotvet. And I'm Vicky Sotvet. Thank you for listening and be cool to each other. <laughs>